0: there. Uh, last week I recorded the Bible class midweek for Revelation chapters 18 and 19 and it was posted and we had well over 400. I think it was around 500 views of it and then it disappeared. It went away and people who clicked on the link said it was, um, the message came up, deleted by the uploader, that would be me, and no it didn't and neither did the other two who have access to it so once however a live video is deleted it is gone forever and you cannot get an answer from youtube because they don't have to answer anybody you know that's what happens when you're a monopoly that said i came back in let's record this one again and enough of my complaining and whining about my lot in life revelation 18 and 19 it's all been leading up to this this great battle scene between the forces of good, God and the vo- the forces of evil, which yes, Satan, but basically here, as seen in the Roman Empire's governmental system, that's one beast and the second beast, the um, the pagan worship that propped up Rome and that allowed the Roman emperors to declare themselves God's, and the way the people went along with that. So you had these two beasts up against God's forces. You can, you can try to go and say, here's where it set off, but rather like the um, you know, the idea that one 19-year-old man shot one um, official royalty and all of a sudden that started World War One. Things are a little bit more complex than that, but the fact is, regardless, shots are well and truly fired in chapters 18 and 19 starting at verse 1 of chapter 18 after this i saw another angel coming down from heaven he had great authority and the earth was illuminated by his splendor with a mighty voice he shouted fallen fallen is babylon the great she has become a dwelling for demons a haunt for every impure spirit a haunt for every unclean bird, a haunt for every unclean and detestable animal. For all the nations have drunk the maddening wine of her adulteries. The kings of the earth committed adultery with her and the merchants of the earth grew rich from her excessive luxuries. Now, I want to tread lightly here. Just because I don't get something doesn't mean it's not a good thing or even a wonderful thing. I don't get sweet, pixie-like, childlike depictions of angels. Um, I, I don't understand the idea of collecting a precious moments-type angel. And I'm aware that that has become a thing, uh, the sweet angels and little angel pens and decorations. This all may have come from the mistaken teaching that rose up um, somewhere around the Middle Ages and a little bit before that when we die, we become angels. And with the loss of children being just epidemic, um, people lost a great percentage of their babies before they reached adulthood. I can see why people might want to think about their baby as an angel. But the fact is that humans, when we die, outrank angels. Uh, We are not angels. We are greater than angels. What we are, Paul said, um, has not yet appeared, but it is made very plain that the angels will be serving us in heaven as they serve us down here. So here comes a mighty angel with great authority, shaking the place with his voice. Um, In the Bible, by far the most common reaction to seeing an angel is fear. Just dropped to the ground in terror, fear fainting dead away like Daniel, fear. And this angel has authority given to it to cause some major damage to an empire that thought itself untouchable, eternal, strutting along, shall we say, thinking it was the big man that no one could knock down. And this angel goes, here we go. This is an atomic bomb being dropped rome had become a dwelling place for demons that should sober us up rather quickly when we look at our own society Um, again this will be touching nerves i'm sure i have several muslim friends and they give me some insights as to what other muslims see about america and they come from a place where women are clothed and we would say over um Overclothed and well overmanaged, and I get that. I I'm right with you there. I think women should have every freedom that man has, and every way that man has it. Uh, but what do we do with our freedom? When they look, they see Cardi B, and uh, God loves her. I love her. There's no reason for her to do this, but her songs are so foul I cannot read them. Uh, even in a private video, I, I, my morals wouldn't allow me to, but you absolutely cannot read them on television, on broadcast television, uh, or on radio. You can, if it's a cable show and you really have no rules because foul sexuality and foul language and foul, that's all some of her songs are. And we make her a millionaire. And we have other people just like that. And again, not wanting to pick on Cardi B. As far as I know, um, if I were to meet her, we'd be able to have a pleasant discussion without yelling and judgment, but just on, you know, how can I serve you? So we're not trying to pick, all right? We're not not trying to be one of those preachers in the 60s going around saying, the Beatles will bring down the death of, no, no. What I'm saying is, when you look at our society, sex of any kind is just thrown out there. Foul language of any kind just thrown out there. Um, politicians can lie and know they're lying and they'll be protected. If they're on one side, they, um, th- this group protects them. If they're on the other side, that group protects, protects them. It is, um, it is a dwelling place for demons. This is uh, one reason why Muslims have a hard time with us. When they come here and they see This is not what God would want, or Allah would want. Think about the reality of spiritual beings, unseen but powerful, moving through our streets and systems, calling us to to form adulterous alliances with the powers of this world, as many Christians have done with politics. I know that the attention is given to the way that they have linked arms with the right, but they have also um, liberal denominations have linked arms with the left. We're not supposed to link arms with anybody, but Jesus left or right. The word haunt here is a very difficult one to translate, but I really appreciate the NIV doing it this way and the way it just kind of hits that just punch, punch, and then a punch. Most often this word when we find it in Greek is translated as prison, um, captivity. And I think it was chosen for that reason. The more we allow demons to rule in our lives, in our government, in our culture, in our music, in our entertainments, the more they haunt our streets and the more our world becomes our prison. No wonder Paul talks about breaking the chains of sin. Sin does chain us. Let's go back to the good old days, and show you that even then we should have been paying more attention. When I was a little boy, there would be Lucy reruns. Um, I think there were several iterations that had slightly different names, but um, the I love Lucy type shows and they were funny and they were meant to be funny and they were great enjoyment for people. But even as a boy, I kept looking, thinking, but it all centers around a lie or someone breaking a rule. And then you have to cover for that and cover for that and cover for that and and hence the comedy but also i kept thinking all of this was avoidable now you might be thinking as a boy i was overthinking it uh, i would remind you that overthinking is my job and so um i was just on the job early think of the flintstones the flintstones were just an animated version of the honeymooners and so every single thing Starts with a liar breaking a rule and then you got to hide it from Wilma or hide it from Fred or hide it from right Chains Chains because you do one and chain wraps around you now you can't go there now You have to do this then another chain and it's pulled over here My wife and I are watching a lot of british tv. We stream our tv and so we have britbox and acorn and that's where we spend about 90 percent of our our television time. Uh, and sometimes there will be shows where the way that people treat each other, you're, you're a bit shocked. And I will remind her, you're watching life without Jesus. These are lives where God is never in the equation. Jesus is never mentioned. Church is something that is a building out there somewhere that has no relevance to their life. This is what life looks like without Jesus. That's what we're hitting here in Rome. Notice as we said last week, he they talks about adulteries here, that adultery doesn't always mean something sexual. The nations of the world had made deals with Rome. They had sidled up to linked arms with Rome and they had agreed to become more Roman, these other nations. I mean, uh, doesn't matter whether you're up in the British Isles or whether you're in Germany or whether you're down into Uh, Southern Italy or wherever you are, they were trying to become more Roman, joining with Rome. And that was the adultery here. And your grandparents may have used an expression like if you lay down with dogs, you get up with fleas. That's all the same system. This idea that uh, we're gonna draw close to these bad people and it won't hurt us at all. In fact, it will help us in business and help us in trade. Those of you that have ever wondered, how did Cuba go sideways so badly? Well, you need to go back into history and you'll find that America had a great deal to do with that because they would install uh, any kind of dictator. Batista lived in uh, Florida before going back to Cuba and then becoming the ruler of it. And America backed him because of United Fruit and other big corporations. And they went in and made the poor people's life even worse, and made it just a hellhole so that they would follow this scruffy little guy that comes in shooting people up against the wall, Fidel Castro. Why? Because they had already had a series of adulteries done to them by great and powerful nations and great and powerful corporations. So, quick gut check here. How upset do you get about politics? How upset were you when Clinton was elected, or Bush, or the other Bush, or Obama, or Trump, or Biden? How, how upset did you really get? Are we so attached to the government and our culture that we wrap our faith around our political champions, the, the powerful of this world, rather than God? That's what these people did, and that's why God declared war on them we don't do that we keep our hands clean of this world and we don't try to vote in our champions to do our version of christianity for us we do it revelation 18 4 through 8. then i heard another voice from heaven say Come out of her, my people, so that you will not share in her sins, so that you will not receive any of her plagues. For her sins are piled up to heaven, and God has remembered her crimes. Give back to her as she has given. Pay her back double for what she's done. Pour her a double portion from her own cup. Give her as much torment and grief as the glory and luxury she gave herself. In her heart she boasts, I am enthroned as queen. I am not a widow. I will never mourn. Therefore in one day her plagues will overtake her. Death, mourning, famine, she'll be consumed by fire, for mighty is the Lord God, God who judges her. Wow, this is the atomic bomb I mentioned. All the plagues are coming in one day. Boom. But God is not capricious and he is not unpredictable here. He gave so many warnings and stepped up the punishment, stepped up the warnings each time. So many notices, and the sins of of Rome had reached to heaven. It wasn't like they'd stolen a candy bar at the shop. Thus, they had continued to pour these out. God does not want to destroy us. Um, He's heavily invested in us. But there does come the tipping point. As the old expression, says the straw that broke the camel's back. The idea is that camels can hold a whole lot of stuff. How much stuff can they hold up to the point where they break? Where's that point? Don't know. So normally you wouldn't load them that much, but the idea was to get to the point where one more straw would break their back. Well, it's just an expression, not a biological fact. But it's rather like Jenga. If you've ever played that wooden block tower game of Jenga, We keep removing and keep removing, but there will come a time where that's going to come down. Rome had kept removing God and kept piling on sins all the way up to heaven. And God said, that'll do God or a voice in heaven calls God's people out of Rome. Note they almost certainly could not have left the empire physically. You couldn't go that far. The known world was the empire but they certainly could, should, and must leave it emotionally and drop their loyalty to it and to anything other than Jesus. Christians are great citizens because we are good neighbors, we are kind, we are giving, we are sacrificial, we are loving people. But that's because our allegiance is to Jesus Christ and he armed us with love and light and grace. We aren't, we aren't making ourselves at home on earth. As scripture says, we are pilgrims and strangers here. This was all going to be very hard on everybody, but Christians had something going for them back then that we have going for us now. And that is a faith that is portable. This is huge, a faith that is portable. And it's sustained even when the systems go down. Think of um, our new church, our Safe Harbor Church. You can find out more about it on this channel by watching our worship. You can also read about us on oursafeharbor.com. But when COVID shut down meeting, we moved and created a virtual church with the help of God and the Holy Spirit. In just 10 weeks, we're reaching thousands. And one, two, three, five countries now. Am I right? One, two, three, four countries. No, five, I'm not thinking. We're getting uh, in five countries, 30 something states in 10 weeks. They may shut down some church buildings, but the gospels spreading even faster. It is portable. In 2 uh, Corinthians chapter 6 and verse six, uh, 17, Paul says, come you out from among them and be you separate, says the Lord. Do not touch what is unclean and I will receive you. That's really uh, a callback to Isaiah chapter 52. We can't always leave physically, but we do leave emotionally and declare our allegiance to Christ. Now Rome thought that their power, their culture, their armies, their art, their style, their magnificence would win the hearts and minds of the nations that, um, that they conquered and failing that, the fear of Rome would do the trick. But when Rome went down, none of the conquered nations or allies came to help them, none at all. Romans chapter uh, 18 verses, uh, oh, I'm sorry. I said Romans, Revelation chapter 18 verses nine through 20 shows in stark terms the roll-on effect of Rome's fall. A great many would lose their livelihoods They would all lose access to the luxuries that they were used to and craving and considered their rights. But all of them were taken away because once the powerful system goes, all of the other systems go. And it wasn't just trade goods that were going, but art, art would die. If you're struggling to feed your children and you're not sure what's going to happen um, to, uh, to your job, to your wife, to your very life, you're probably not gonna spend two months wages on a painting. When morality breaks and falls and therefore then the system falls, art also dies, not just trade. Revelation 18, um, let me get over there to, and again, thank you for coming back and we're sorry we're having to do this one again. Uh, we don't know who, took it down, YouTube says it wasn't them and we know it wasn't us. And by the way, some of us ask if we were hacked. I don't think so, or they would have done a lot more damage than just pull down one midweek Bible class. So who knows? Uh, Revelation 18, starting at verse 21, that a mighty angel picked up a boulder the size of a large millstone, that's pretty big, and threw it into the sea and said, with such violence, the great city of Babylon will be thrown down, never to be found again it's talking about Rome, uses Babylon as um, a way to signify how the great are going to fall. The music of harpist and musicians, pipers and trumpeters will never be heard in you again. No worker of any trade will ever be found in you again. The sound of a millstone will never be heard in you again. The light of a lamp will never shine in you again. The voice of bridegroom and bride will never be heard in you again. Your merchants were the world's important people. By your magic spell, all the nations were led astray. In her, was found the blood of prophets and of God's holy people, of all who'd been slaughtered on the earth. When the sins piled up to heaven, God said, that's just it. God's an artist too, and when he leaves the building or withdraws his hand, art goes away. And so now rejoicing in heaven, in chapter 19, verses one through five, The 24 elders and the four living creatures fell down and worshiped God who was seated on the throne and they cried, hallelujah, amen. Then a voice came from the throne saying, praise our God, all you, his servants, you who fear him both great and small. Then we could go on, but I wanna ask a question. Why would you rejoice when so many people are gonna suffer? On, On the one hand, we can see why a great evil empire has fallen. On the other hand, we see people's lives disrupted and ended. So what exactly are we cheering for here? We are cheering for the reestablishment of order. Remember that the concepts of liberty, the rights of the individual, and even the concept of human rights as as a group was completely foreign to these people and to many today if you remember when we gave free we say we when after wars and after politicians had wrestled their way around we um um iraq and egypt got free elections what they do they voted in zealots that were worse than the ones before the idea of human rights and human dignity and individual rights is just not known in the world of the bible and in many places even today. Therefore, the reestablishment of order. And that's really what these people voted for. Bring in these zealots, because then we know these strict rules and the order, uh, at least order, you know, we may be unhappy. We may even have a relative shot, but there will be order in society. And so that's what they vote for. that order has to be established, but sometimes it can't be until everything's broken down, rather like black holes. Black holes take all the detritus of the universe, it sucks it in, it de- it it deconstructs everything. And eventually coming out the other end, we end up with star factories. Now it's not a direct pipe, but work with me. The universe is not a closed system, but it's not an open one either. It's much more complex. The point being, um, it, entropy gave rise then to a new order um, think of things such as the aztec and inca empires fell what happens well entropy sets in pulls down what they built fills it with forest and jungle the you can fly right over their great cities and not even know they're there most of them have never even been studied because they are so wrapped up with vines and such think of Um, the the Khmer Rouge and how it fell, the Khmer um, nation. And so in Laos, all those temples were hidden. And so when you do find one, you're going, wow, look at this. How did it fall so bad so quickly and it disappear? Well, Rome's about to find that out too. As Rome's dominion shatters, it had to be shattered so that Jesus and his people would never be separated because now that that shattered, And the sound of, and there were many sounds, but one of them was bridegroom and bride so that they'll never be heard. Now a wedding is going to come. Revelation 19, starting at verse six. Then I heard what sounded like a great multitude, like the roar of rushing waters and like peals, loud peals of thunder shouting hallelujah, for our Lord God almighty reigns, we sing that, let us rejoice and be glad and give him the glory for the wedding of the lamb has come and his bride has made herself ready fine linen bright and clean was given to her to wear fine linen stands for the righteous acts of God's holy people Uh, and then uh, well we'll go ahead verse 9 when the angel said to me write this blessed are those who are invited to the wedding supper of the lamb and he added These are the true words of God. And at this I fell at his feet to worship him, but he said to me, don't do that. I'm a fellow servant with you and with your brothers and sisters who hold to the testimony of Jesus. Worship God, for it is the spirit of prophecy who bears testimony to Jesus. Wow. Other tyrants would and did arise, and some will still rise if the earth continues but none had the worldwide tyrannical power of Rome. Even the British Empire, upon which the sun never set, although it could be way racist and way brutal in every sense of the term, never had anything like the grip that Rome did upon the known world of its day. So now that that's broken and an enemy like them is not gonna come for some time, the bride and the bridegroom can rejoice. Now, as a bride, we are the bride of Christ. We may not feel lovely, but if we've made ourselves ready for the groom, the scripture says, he makes us holy and blameless in his sight. Now, women always have a hard time buying this. But when I talk to men's groups, one of the things I do is I pull out a picture of my wife. I said, this is a picture that I could carry and it's her high school senior picture. Now we've been married for over 41 years. Why do I still carry that picture? Because that's what she looks like to me. And I asked the men, do you understand what I'm saying? And a large number, and I wouldn't try to guess majorities or percentages, but a large number, you see it in her eyes and face. Yes, they get it. Well, I tell wives that they don't buy it. They're going, no, no, look, I got gray, I got wrinkles, and he's just lying. No. No, uh, you, you might be surprised ladies how attractive your husband really thinks you are, especially whenever you acknowledge that he says you're attractive. Uh, there's that that loop there regardless. And I'm being way too wide brushed there because I'm, I'm, I know there are millions of variations. God looks at us and we don't have to worry about how pretty we are to him. We are holy and blameless. Why? Well, Abraham believed God, and it was imputed to him as righteousness. It's because we love him. The most attractive thing about my wife is that she knows me and loves me. I mean, I can find a whole lot of other things attractive about my wife, but if that wasn't there, I'm not sure the other ones would hold us together. God knows you and loves you and thinks you're beautiful. He'll make you holy and blameless. You can't do that. If you could, there wouldn't have been a need for a cross but there was a need for a cross and he came he's taking care of it and god uh, um john the revelator here is so overcome that he falls at the feet of this angel angel quickly says no 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 we worship god once again you don't worship rome you don't worship the angels you worship god who gets to be the bride here well verse 10 says those with the testimony of Jesus.'" hang on, who hold to the testimony of Jesus. That's it. No mention of worship style. No mention of this doctrinal statement you have to sign. No mention of the church name or organization. It's just those who, who makes up heaven, who makes up the bride of Christ. Those who carry Jesus with them in their hearts and with them in their lives. Look at the Judgment scene in Matthew 25. Jesus says, You treat other people with love and respect, and you sacrifice for them. You are mine. Come on into heaven. You belong here. And he never mentions worship style, doctrinal statements, church's name, or organizations. Wow. Maybe there's a hint here <coughs> that we should be taking. Excuse me. <coughs> it's not COVID. It's something else which will kill me rapidly, I'm sure. In our weddings, it's all about the bride. The men stand up there and basically, repeating forms of the same clothing. Uh, We send the ladies down with dresses that they'll never wear again. Uh, And then here comes the bride and she's the one all, you know, peacocked and princess out. She's just coming down looking like a confection. In this wedding and in most weddings in Semitic societies of the day, it was all about the guy because he's going to be the protector, the one that, that, that gives you family space, place, meaning, name. And again, yes, yes, yes. That's very male dominated, but it's not like I can go back and change history to make our feelings feel better. It was all about the guy. So take a look. Verse 11, I saw heaven standing open and there before me was a white horse whose rider is called Faithful and true. With justice he judges and wages war. His eyes are like blazing fire and on his head are many crowns." So he's very, very powerful. He is very, very, he has a lot of authority. His position is um, very, very high. He has a name written on him that no one knows but he himself. Um, We will never get that basically. But in ancient times and in some societies today, you're given a secret name and if uh, known only to you and your parents and to God um, or the gods, if it's a pagan society and anybody that knows your real name has power over you, kind of like Samson with his hair, right? So he has a name, but nobody can take that from him. But spoiler alert it's about to be given, right? He is dressed in a robe dipped in blood and his name is word of God. Now we know who it is. It's Jesus. John chapter one. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. The same that was in the beginning with God. He is the word of God. Jesus is the word of God. He says, my words will judge you in the last day. He gives us the name. Why? Because even with the name, we're getting no power over him. His power is being used to come and save and bless and love on us, which is wonderful. Uh, And you might be saying, well, what about the blood? Oh, yeah, the blood... Warriors would come back in spattered with the blood because rulers back then didn't sit on thrones and send out their armies until they got really lazy and unwise like David did around Bathsheba time. No, um, this isn't the same. This is his blood. He shed his blood for you. The armies of heaven were following him, riding on white horses and dressed in fine linen, white and clean, coming down out of his mouth as a sharp sword with which to strike down the nations. It's his words that'll strike down the nations. Um, he will rule them with an iron scepter. He treads the winepress of the fury of the wrath of God Almighty. What a sentence that is. On his robe and on his thigh, he has this name written, King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Just real, real quick. Um, why a thigh? Well, because uh, unlike what you've seen in most of your movies where they're swinging at the heads, you generally tried to duck, get low and catch a person in the legs. If you broke the thigh bone, he was going down and he was staying down. Now this is very um, unpleasant to even think about, but let's go ahead and say it. In, In the military, we, we know this and if you have snipers, they don't just go for headshots like you see in the movies because if they put the bullet through the hip or into the thigh, the person may bleed out very quickly, but they will go down and it will require others then to come to their aid. You shoot somebody in the head, you've taken out one soldier. You shoot somebody in the thigh or through the hip, you've taken out two to three because they have to come and help. Enemies know this too, and the enemies do it as well the thigh, that, that whole structure where we stand on, that was what's important. And so written there is word of God. Uh, and on, uh, I'm sorry, he's word of God, King of Kings, Lord of Lords, pretty tough, pretty exciting. Now, what about all the great enemies of God? Well, they'd be food for the birds of the air as all great empires have been, or all will be. Once we were being shown a house and, um, as we walked through, because we were having to buy a house in the city, uh, there was a skylight. We noticed there was a skylight. And my wife is going, hmm. And the realtor that was showing us around said, yes, there are two kinds of skylights, those that leak and those that will leak. That's very true. Well, in Revelation, um, all empires have fallen or will fall. Don't hook your wagon to any of them. Revelation 19:17 and forward. I saw an angel standing in the sun who cried in a loud voice to all the birds flying in midair. Come, gather together for the great supper of God, so that you may eat the flesh of kings, generals, and the mighty, of horses and their riders, of the flesh of all people, free and slave, great and small. Then I saw the beast and the kings of the earth and their armies gathered together to wage war against the rider on the horse and his army. But the beast was captured And with it the false prophet who had performed the signs on its behalf and with these signs he had deluded those who had received the mark of the beast and worshipped its image the two of them were thrown alive into the fiery leak of burning sulfur the rest were killed with the sword coming out of the mouth of the rider on the horse and all the birds gorged themselves on their flesh wow battlefields were horror shows until long after the beast cleaned them up, birds and beasts, scavengers, human and otherwise. And then eventually the bones turn to dust or or sink into the earth or carried away by, again, scavengers. Battlefields are just horror shows, but who now worries about Gog or Magog, which we'll talk about. uh, I would have said next week, but it was already recorded yesterday because this class was supposed to be last week and YouTube messed it up, deleted it and said we did. Oh boy, anyway, what, do, you, do you lay at night, awake at night thinking, oh no, what about the Amalekites, the Jebusites, the uh, Philistines, the Moabites? No, why? All great empires either have fallen or will fall, but not Jesus. All right, the big battle scene, well, oh, but we're not done. God's gonna have to go after that big dragon next. That's chapter 20. Hope you enjoy. Leave us a comment, share it, and come see us at worship on Sundays or watch it later during the week. And make sure also that you go to OurSafeHarbor.com every so often and see what's going on. God bless.